Welcome to the Beach Church Weekly Message Podcast. This week, we start a brand new series, Hero Maker. We're looking at Matthew chapter 28 as Jesus gives us the Great Commission and how we can go forward and make disciples, really leaning into our multiply vision as a church. Want to encourage you guys, a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Jerry gave us a great message on generosity, and one of the challenges he gave was the 90-day tithe challenge. We want to encourage you, if you have not been a tither, or if you've been interested in maybe starting, sign up for the 90-day tithe challenge at todayatbeach.com. We guarantee your money back if you do not experience God to make a major move in your life over the period of those 90 days. So find that at todayatbeach.com. And now, today's message. Well, good morning, everyone. How are you doing? How many took advantage of the extra hour of sleep last night? Anybody? Okay. Yeah, I did not. I watched football, so it did me no good to uh, get that extra hour. But we're so glad that you're here. And uh, if we've never met before, my name is Jerry, and I serve here as one of your pastors. And uh, whether you're joining us online or here in the room, uh, we are glad to have you here today. This is week one of a brand new series called Hero Maker. I've been looking forward to this series for a long time now, and I believe that if we begin to even get a glimpse of how God sees us and the purpose for which God created our lives, we could literally change the world. We have that in our mission statement that we talk about all the time because we believe it. We're not like, oh, we're here to play church and come and go and you know, just forget about our faith through the rest of the week. No, we believe that if we know who Jesus is and we know how he sees us and how much he loves us and what he could do in and through our lives, we could literally be world changers. And so uh, we're glad that you're here. I'm excited about this series, so let's get started. I'm going to pray, and then we'll jump into today's message. Gracious God, we thank you that you have entrusted us with the purpose of becoming hero makers. God, that you have entrusted us, even in our imperfections and our limited perspectives, you have entrusted us with the opportunity to be a part of what you are doing beautifully in and through this world to change lives. And God, we are so thankful to be a part of it. And I pray that in this series, every single man, woman, teenager, child understands the incredible worth that they have in your eyes and the most incredible purpose for which we are called to live and breathe out this thing called life. So help us to lean in, to listen, but most importantly, to respond. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I'm going to test your ability to recognize some of the symbols of the great superheroes. And I've made it very easy. There are no, like, really random superheroes here. So you should all do pretty well with this, but let me test you here. You just, when you see it, you just call it out, okay? Let's go. First, Batman, easy one. All right, next. Black Panther, some of y'all got... Stumped on that one. Easy one, yeah. Next. Captain America. 
Wonder Woman, yeah. Yes. Man, some of you guys were so confident in that. You were just like yelling it out. Uh, you scored 100. How many of y'all missed one? Anybody? Oh, a few of y'all. Okay. But here's the thing. We all love and are fascinated by superheroes. I mean, over the last, it seems like the last decade or so, it seems like there's been a prolifer- proliferation. I knew I'd get that word right. Proliferation. I just... <laughs> proliferation of superhero movies, right? I mean, and they are, you know, making millions of dollars off of these superhero movies because everybody loves superheroes. They are center stage. They are the ones in the spotlights. They are the ones who are out saving the world. And I remember when I was a little kid, man, my mom would give me a a bath towel and take one of those little clothespins and attach it to my neck. And all of a sudden, I became this superhero, right? Wait a minute. Some of y'all might not know what clothespins are. You know what a clothespin is? We used to actually hang up our lines on, the, I mean, our clothes to dry on the lines before dryers. Yeah, so clothespin. And all of a sudden, I was like a superhero. I could jump off the bed, and I felt like I was jumping off of a building, right? I mean... And, and when kids get together, isn't it interesting when they come together to play and act out a superhero show? Every kid wants to be the superhero, right? No one wants to be anybody else, certainly not the villain. You want to be the superhero because there's something in all of us that loves the idea of being the hero, and we're fascinated with it as a culture. What does it mean to be a hero? But here's what I want to suggest to you today. Behind every great hero, there is a hero maker. Have you ever thought about, think about some of the uh, movies that that we see, some of the superheroes. Without Aunt May, there's no Spider-Man. Without Pepper Potts, there is no Iron Man. Without Shuri, there is no Black Panther. Without Alfred... There is no Batman. I mean, think about it. Batman, how many times can he go and save Gotham City from some kind of evil fiend, right? That's what the whole premise of the show is about. But over and over again, you see him come back, dinged up like his his uniform or his car, comes back to the Batcave, and there's Alfred to kind of put him back together again. There's Alfred reminding Batman when he's forgotten who he is or he feels like he's been defeated. You know, Alfred's like, remember who you are. I mean, with every great hero, there is a hero maker. You see, the hero maker is the person behind the scenes, always supporting, encouraging, always leveraging their influence in such a way that um, it enables someone else to see how they can go out into the world and live to make a difference. And what I want to do is talk to us today, especially those of you <coughs> who are, you say, I'm a person who believes in Jesus. And if, you, if you're not a believer in Jesus, I hope that you'll sometime capture, somehow capture the heart of why um, we believe it's so important to share what Jesus has done in our lives with others. 
but uh, a, a hero maker in the faith is someone who is behind the scenes who offers encouragement and support and they leverage their influence and the love of Jesus in such a way that they help other people see Jesus and see their place in the bigger story of what God's doing in this world. And so every one of us has those hero makers in our lives. And uh, you were given a card when you came in today. If you'll take that out, <clears throat> you have this card. And if you're online, I think there is a PDF that you can download. We hope that you will play along as well. Uh, as I said earlier, somebody said, do we all need one? Yes, every single person needs one. This is uh, everybody plays in this one, all right? So on the left side, <clears throat> you'll see a place down there with a line. I want you to write your name in that line. Just write your name in that line. Now, after you've done that, above that line, I want you to think about your life. Think about some of the men and women. Maybe it was when you were a child or a teenager or an adult or even currently. Think of the people who have poured into your life. Think of the people who um, have influenced your life and faith in such a way that you came to know Jesus or that you came to know your place in God's bigger story. Whoever those people are in your life, write their names down above the line. You see, all of us have hero makers. Let me just give you a few of mine. They're not going to be strange to, to those of you that call Beach Home because I've mentioned probably every one of their names at least 100 times over the 20 years I've been here, some even more. So uh, my mom and dad were hero makers in my life, especially my mom, who I remember prayed over me sitting at the edge of my bed every single day of my life growing up. And I believe that even though she has already gone on to be with the Lord, I believe those prayers over my life are still impacting my life and, and the way in which I live out my faith. Another was Mrs. Craft, and you've heard me mention her probably 500 times in sermons. Uh, Mrs. Craft was a simple housewife and a mother. She had two kids. She was married, and, um, but she opened her house to us kids in the neighborhood because she believed that if she was able to tell us and, and, and bring the Bible to life and share a Bible story, that she could impact our lives with faith, that she could make a difference. She had no seminary degree. She had no back. This was not an officially sponsored program of her church. She just did it all on her own because she loved the children in the neighborhood and she wanted to impact our lives. I had a guy named Joe, or a guy named Mark, first of all, Mark, who was a neighbor of mine, who... His primary way in which he was a hero maker in my life, he invited me to the youth group at my church. And not just one time, probably at least 30 times before I actually went to youth group. But because of his invitation, I came to meet Jesus through that ministry. Then we had another guy named Joe. Uh, he was this divorced kind of single guy who was helping with the student ministry. He saw leadership gifts in me before I ever thought I was a leader. He saw things in me. He believed in me as a leader, even when I didn't believe in myself. There were times that he gave me a role to play in the student ministry long before I was really like ready to be a leader. 
He was allowing me to step out <clears throat> and lead. And so a big part of who I am today and understanding um, that I'm called to be a leader came through uh, this guy. Also, Denise's dad, my wife's dad, was a huge influence in my life. At an early age, when I was just, when I had just gotten married to his daughter and we were just starting to have kids, um, he taught me so much about being a, a, a faithful and loving husband, to be a servant in your home, to be, um, you know, raise up children and grandchildren in such a way that they would come to know Jesus and that they would come to um, use their lives to make a difference in the lives of other people. And he didn't do that by sitting me down in some kind of classroom. No, he just simply, I watched him. I watched him love his children. I watched him love his grandchildren and get in the floor and play with them and laugh with them. I saw the way in which he lived out his faith. It was a priority in his home. And that's how his kids eventually began to understand the importance of a faith relationship. And also, one of the greatest hero makers in my life is my own wife, Denise. We've been married for almost 38 years now. She has been my greatest encourager, my greatest challenger. She has been my greatest support. She lifts me up even when, you know, I feel like the rug's been pulled out from under me in life. She has been my, one of the greatest hero makers in my life. And if you have ever experienced anything that you would say, Jerry, you've helped impact my life, I can assure you, I wouldn't be who I am today without Denise. And so, all of us have people that have poured into our lives. And so I hope, um, I hope you've written down a few names on that left side of your card. If not, take it home, begin to pray about it. There might be someone that God lays on your heart that you think, oh yeah, they made a huge difference in my life and in my faith. Here's the important thing, and this is the whole series, what the whole series is about. It is a good thing to be a hero, but greatness is found in being a hero maker. The way of the world and the way of many of our hearts is we want to be at the center, we want to be the hero of the story, but the truth is Jesus came to be a hero maker. Now Jesus was certainly a hero, right? He is the ultimate hero. And when you come to realize Jesus is the ultimate hero of your life, it will save you and it will save me from always chasing after the spotlight. And he will help us to become hero makers. But Jesus certainly did heroic things, right? He walked on water. Talk about a TikTok moment. I mean, Jesus healed the lame and he brought sight to people. He raised people from the dead. I mean, come on. He, he, he took a few loaves and some fishes. And out of that, he multiplied it to feed over 5,000 people at one time. Jesus did some pretty heroic stuff. And ultimately, he went to the cross for you and for me. But in the midst of all that Jesus did, one of the greatest roles of his public ministry, those three years that he invested in his public ministry, teaching and doing miracles, and all the great things that Jesus said, one of the most important roles he played was being a hero maker. You see, Jesus came into the world to reach the world and to save the world. But he chose to do that 
through ordinary people like you and like me. He could have done everything on his own, right? Just snapped his fingers, could have changed the world, could have changed our lives, could have changed all of humanity, but he didn't do that. Instead, he poured into 12 ordinary men. Think about that. The Son of God who could have come in and done anything to change the world. He chose to invest in 12 men. In fact, um, as you read through the Gospels and everything that's in the Gospels, um, basically some people have said that 70% of Jesus' public ministry over those three years was to pour his life into and invest in those 12 ordinary men. And after his resurrection, we find Jesus giving the ultimate hero-making mission. And we know it as the Great Commission. If you have your Bibles, if you will turn to Matthew chapter 28, we're going to go through these few verses here today to take a look at what does it mean to think like a hero-maker. So, Jesus has been raised from the dead. He told his disciples to meet him on this mountain right outside of Galilee. And there he meets him. And you could think at that moment, they're thinking, okay, Jesus, before I know we talked about your kingdom, but you were crucified. And we thought it was over. And now you've been raised from the dead. Now we know who you are. You are the Son of God. You are the Messiah. Everyone else knows that too. It's public. So you take off, and we're going to follow you wherever you go. We'll go where you go, and we're going to change the world. And Jesus totally flips the script on the way they expected this to happen. Because Jesus, instead of going out and putting on the cape and the clothespin, says, you, I want you to go and change the world. To which I'm sure they were thinking, Oh, Jesus, you know us, right? You, you've been with us. You know we're not all that. We've been following you because you're all that. But Jesus said no. And, and I want to read to you the words, and I think we can learn something about what does it mean to think like a hero maker when we read these words. Verse 16, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Hmm. I mean, isn't that odd? Jesus was just raised from the dead. Some worshipped him and some doubted. That's crazy to me. But can you relate to that? I can. Here's why. Sunday mornings, sometimes I can go to the altar. I can be so pumped up for Jesus, so confident about what I've heard in the message and who God sees me to be. And I just know that next week will be different and then you get to Monday morning, and something crazy happens, or your kids won't cooperate, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, some doubted. See what I love about this? This doesn't bother Jesus at all. He still gives them the Great Commission. He could have said, some of you guys are losers. Can you just leave? Just leave, and I'll talk to the winners here. I'll talk to the worshipers. But he doesn't. Jesus gives the same commission, the same mission to the worshipers and the doubters. You see, the ultimate avengers of Jesus 
were worshipers and doubters. Uneducated fishermen, a tax collector, people that had never spent any time in the Jerusalem rabbinical schools to learn how to go out and really live out their faith. They were ordinary people like you and me. You see, Jesus' mission to reach the world was not made to super competent and fully mature group of all-stars, but to ordinary men and women. Verse 18, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, because of that, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Jesus has all authority. And here's what I just want to remind us of. Jesus can do more through your life than you could ever hope or imagine. Because... He has all authority. And I know sometimes you may doubt yourself, but don't doubt the ultimate conquering hero and what he can do with your ordinary life. And so, goes on to say, Jesus said, go into every nation and make disciples. And I'm sure all of a sudden the wind just went out of the sail of all those disciples. They have never left their own villages, much less gone to another country. And so, and maybe that's you too. You hear Jesus say, go into every nation and make disciples. You're like, I've never even been on a plane before. I've never even been to another country. I don't have a passport, so I'm out. Here's something interesting. And when I learned about this, it changed this whole Great Commission for me. You see, the word that Jesus uses there in Greek for go is a word, it's pronounced poreo, poreo. And this word means, as you go, make disciples. On your journey, make disciples. Along the way of your life, make disciples. That changes everything everything. Now, does that mean that we don't, you know, we're not proponents of mission trips? No, we love, and we would love for you to go on a mission trip. We believe that when you uh, go somewhere else to another culture, to another country, you're going to learn and you're going to grow as a follower of Jesus. You're going to realize how big God's world is. It's not just about this country in which we live. You're going to learn about how big God is when you go into some of these other cultures. And we're not going there to be the heroes. We are going there to pray for and encourage and support the hero makers in those communities who love Jesus and are pouring into their people. And we're going to learn from that. And when we come back, it enables us and empowers us to see ourselves in a new light about what does it mean to be a hero maker along the way, everywhere I go. That means in your school, that means in your workplace, that means in your home, that means in your neighborhood. Everywhere you go, Jesus said, I want you to be a hero maker. You see, here's what, we, here's what hero makers realize. Hero makers realize their mission field is right in front of them. Your mission field, your opportunity to be a hero maker with your life, to help people see their place in the bigger story of God, 
is right in front of you every day in the people that God has placed you in their lives to make a difference. As you go, point people to Jesus. As you go, leverage all that you have and your love for people and and the willingness to serve to help other people see their place in God's bigger story. And I love that Jesus also says, go into You know, everywhere you go, make disciples in every nation. The word he used was disciple. And I just want to make a couple of points about the words he uses. Disciple is not a believer. Do you know what a believer is? Someone who says, I believe that Jesus was the Son of God. I believe that. But a disciple is different. A disciple is someone who believes that and trusts that with it, trusts Jesus with their lives. And it means that I want to learn from Jesus. I want to follow Jesus. I want to be so close to following after him that I begin to take on more and more of the heart of Jesus in my life and in the world. There's a big difference between a believer and a disciple. So Jesus says, I want you to raise up disciples, people who have a relationship with me and trust me and want to follow me and learn. I don't want... I want my my life, my workplace, my family life, everything to be influenced by Jesus, not just a better version of me. And that'll never happen just believing in Jesus. It means being a disciple. So God's saying, raise up people to really follow after me. And he says, baptize them. And I love that he says, baptize them. Because we're going to baptize someone today. At at the end of this service, if you want to go, join us out at 8th Avenue, out at the beach. We're going to baptize someone today. And the reason why I love, and we believe in baptism, is because we believe that baptism is that opportunity for you to publicly declare to the world I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. That's why we do it in public places. That's why we encourage and invite you to come. Uh, That's why we have people do a baptism video because we want people to hear your story. We want people to know that that it's more than just being going and dunking in the the ocean, but it's about, I want my life, I want my life to, to be for something bigger than myself. I want to live and follow after Jesus. So that's what Jesus said. I want you to go and be a hero maker in the actual places of your life and among the people that you do life with every day. And then he says, verse 20, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, to which then you say, okay, I was with you up to that point. But how in the world am I going to teach them everything Jesus commanded? I didn't go to seminary, Jerry. I, I... Maybe I'm a new Christian. Maybe I haven't been in faith that long. Maybe I haven't ever read the Bible or haven't read much of the Bible. And it'd be easy to disqualify yourself before you ever begin. Well, let me just kind of get the blunt truth out there. You are not qualified to do what Jesus is calling you to do. And neither am I. You see, Jesus knew that you would never be able to give every single person in your life everything they need that God wants them to have. But here's what Jesus calls you to do. Give what you have. Give what you have. I put it this way. Hero makers leverage what they do know and have experienced in Christ and they pour that into others. Then they trust the Holy Spirit to do the rest. 
So you give of what God has already given to you with your life and, and maybe it's a strength that you have or, or a passion that you have. Give someone that. You're not expected to know everything and have everything figured out and you're not expected to fill up everybody's full tank in their lives but you can give them what Jesus has given you. Um, in my life, I've had different people contribute in different ways and be hero makers in my life. Like I told you, Mark just invited me to go to a youth group. That was the big deal, and it made a huge difference in my life. I had this other guy named Riley. He was my first senior pastor when I was first starting out in the ministry. He, told, he, he shared and helped me understand what does it mean to have a pastor's heart? What does it mean to lead people with empathy? What does it mean to shepherd people with the love of Jesus Christ and walk with them through life? I didn't learn it because he sent me down in a classroom. I learned it because he invited me to go along with him to the hospitals, to, to, as he was preparing a family for a funeral, um, as we had lunch together, breakfast together. I just began to see him model out what does it mean to be a pastor. And that has shaped my entire ministry simply because he invested what he had in me. And so, I just want to encourage you, you don't have to have everything, just give what you do have and trust the Holy Spirit will do the rest. The Holy Spirit will do the rest in your friend or loved one's life. And then Jesus said, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So Jesus said, you don't have to do this alone. The one who conquered death walks with you. And I will do in you far more than you could ever think, hope, or imagine right now. That was Jesus' final word to remind his disciples. And so what did they do? These unqualified nobodies just simply said, okay, we're going to pour into some people. And we're just going to give what Jesus gave us. And they impacted people who then turned around and impacted others who then turned around and impacted others. And then 2,000 years later, the chain is still going and somebody was a hero maker in your life. And now, Jesus looks at every single one of us and he says, now it's your turn. Now it's your turn. I am handing you the baton. You are now deemed a hero maker go do it everywhere you go give what you have make a difference in people's lives today two billion people follow Jesus and it didn't happen overnight it happened because in every succeeding generation somebody realized oh me too me too I want to be that person in someone else's life let me give you just an illustration as we kind of wind down today. Let me give you an illustration in um, the sports world of what this looks like. So Shalane Flanagan won silver medal in the 2008 Olympics. I think we have a picture of her. And uh, she also was the first American woman to win the New York City Marathon. And... Uh, no woman had won that in 40 years. I would call that heroic. But the, um, and just as an aside, I didn't even know this, y'all. 
The New York City Marathon is today, and Shalane Flanagan is running in it. Is that not incredible? Someone just texted me between services to let me know that. But here's the thing. New York Times wrote about Shalane Flanagan, and here's what they wrote. Perhaps Flanagan's bigger accomplishment lies in nurturing and promoting the rising talent around her, a rare quality in the cutthroat world of elite sports. Every single one of her training partners, 11 women, every single one of them made it to the Olympics. Every single one of them made it to the Olympics out of training with her. New York City, uh, New York Times went on to call it the Shalane Effect. You serve as a rocket booster to the career of the women who work alongside you. Now, after she won the New York City Marathon, she turned to one of her other friends that had been training with her. She texted her after the New York City Marathon, before the Boston Marathon. She said, it's your turn. It's your turn. And so she ran that marathon with a woman by the name of Des Linden. And I think we have a picture of Des Linden as well. Des Linden uh, ran with her in the New York City Marathon, Shalane. And uh, three to four miles into the race, Des Linden said, I don't think I'm going to be able to finish. Shalane Flanagan ran with her the entire race, encouraging her, speaking words of hope and life into her friend. And guess who won the Boston Marathon? Shalane Flanagan. No, not Shalane. Des Linden won it. The lady that was ready to quit at mile three won it because it was a hero maker encouraging her along the way. She was the first woman to win the Boston Marathon in 37 years. In that same New York Times article, they said, Shalane has pioneered a new brand of team mom to young up-and-comers with a confidence not to tear other people down, to protect her own place in the hierarchy of elite sports. Shalane's legacy is in her role modeling for others. See, it's great to be a hero. It's even greater in the kingdom of God to be a hero maker. One of the words that Andy Stanley said one time, that I have never forgotten these words. It helped shape my understanding of everything we're talking about today. He said this, he said, your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God might not be in what you do, but in who you raise up. I love that. And over the years, the greatest rush in my leadership ministry, the greatest up, the greatest high that I get is when I have even a small part to do with someone else coming to know Jesus and coming to take their next step of faith. You know, one of my, this really has happened to me all along the way in my life. And one of the most significant ones I had was a, a young man who started here as a student pastor back in about, um, gosh, it was about 2007, 2008. And uh, he was a great preacher and um, he reached a lot of students for Jesus. And as he began to, to serve in ministry, I saw even greater gifts and talents in this young man and put him on 
on our executive team. And eventually, there were a lot of things that took place in our church that led to this. But, but one of the things that happened was that I was able to turn to this young man and said, I think it's time for you to become the pastor of your own church. And Joby Martin stepped out of this church with a lot of blessing and love and money and support from this church. And he started the Church of 1122. Do you not think <laughs> they're one of the greatest honors in my life? And I didn't go build the church for him. Jesus did that. I didn't go do any of the stuff that, that Joby's responsible for doing. I just had a small part to give him the keys to, to say, go, go do that. And I rejoice for that for the rest of my life. Because you see, sometimes it's not in what you do, it's in who you raise up. And that is a privilege and an honor. So our multiply vision is not ultimately about numbers. It's about the few people right in front of you for whom God is calling you to be a hero maker in their lives. You see, if every one of us, just imagine this, if every one of us we're about 900 to 1,000 strong. I mean, we've got more that we reach in a next circle of influence, but probably 900 to 1,000 strong core here at Beach. If every single one of us reached five people, if you were a hero maker in five people, not next week, but over the course of your life, if you reached five people and you poured into them and raised them up, that would mean we'd impact as a church 5,000 people. And if those 5,000 people went out and impacted five people in their lives over a lifetime, that would be 25,000 people. And if those 25,000 reached another five, each one of them, well, you do the math, that's 125,000 people. That's how multiply works. It's when every single one of us realize there are a few people in my life that I could leverage my influence and in what Jesus has done in my life and pour into them so that Jesus might raise them up too. This is Jesus' hero maker model to change the world. Not an all-star celebrity preacher or some super talented church staff. Jesus changes the world one life at a time through you and through me. So take back out the funnel card again. If you'll look to the right side, I want you to write your name in that line up top. And then what I want you to do is prayerfully consider today, whether it's one person or two people or maybe five people, think of a few people in your life that are uniquely a part of your life who maybe don't know Jesus or people who know him but they're kind of stuck in their faith or they don't see their potential as a leader or a disciple of Jesus or maybe they've just kind of felt like they've kind of become unchurched or for whatever reason they don't see themselves the way Jesus sees them and write their names down. And then I'm gonna give you a very dangerous assignment. Pray for each one of them daily. And I believe God will then begin to reveal ways in which you can begin to leverage what God has poured into your life to pour into the lives of these people strategically, intentionally. Be a voice of encouragement. Be a voice of hope. Support them. Help them see themselves as God sees them. 
whether they're in your family, your school, your workplace, or your neighborhood. Because you see, the gospel should never end in your life. Jesus intended for every single one of us to be conduits through which the good news passes on to others. Here's the thing I want you to think about. Because you're sitting there thinking, I know, maybe you made a good case here, Jerry, but I still don't feel qualified. Let me ask you this. Do you think Mrs. Kraft, you know, back all those years ago, just opening her house up to a bunch of stinky, sweaty, you know, children, and, and half the time we weren't listening or even behaving, and we left her house, I, I think she probably felt like, man, this was a total loss. But I give her credit. She kept investing. And it changed my life. So don't underplay what God can do in your life and in mine. I believe that the names that you write down today and you prayerfully consider, I believe one day, several years from now, someone's going to be asked to recognize the hero makers in their lives. And your name, funny thing, is going to show up on their list having made a difference in their lives and in their faith. And one day, in eternity, we will sit back and celebrate how we had maybe just a small part in someone experiencing the fullness of God's love in their place in his bigger story. I pray for that, for you and for myself as well. So I want to invite you to prayer, and then we're going to sing our last song and worship God. God, thank you so much that we are not a people that you call to stay. We're sent. We're sent to go into the places of our lives and to leverage whatever you've poured into our hearts and lives so that others might come to see you and know you and experience their bigger place in God's story. God, may it be so. Give us the strength and the heart to be hero makers. In your name, amen. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's podcast. We'd love to connect with you and hear from you on how this week's podcast impacted you. You can always connect with us through our app, Beach Church Jacks, which is found on the iTunes Store or the Google Play Store. And you can always go to our website, beachchurchjacks.com. Have a great day.